Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. Today, I'm going to be reading my chapter from Success in Any Season. And the title of this chapter is Welcoming Love. I am anticipating this to be difficult for me to read. It was hard for me to write, but it felt important. And I felt like it was a story I needed to share. And that's how it feels right now. Also, as I read it out loud and share on my podcast. So here we go. I had just broken up with my boyfriend again. His behavior had gotten increasingly bizarre and I just couldn't deal with it. When I went to bed at night, I had no idea what I would wake up to. Would he be up all night cleaning the kitchen? Would he have eaten all the ice cream in the fridge plus a bowl of brown sugar? Would my car have another window smashed in? Would the cops show up because he'd caused another hit and run? I have a very high tolerance for crazy. My family is full of creatives who get to call the shots. So I'd long gotten accustomed to his not sleeping, but this was something else. I don't remember what the breaking point was this time, but he was out of the house. I was alone and broke and sad. Then I found out I was pregnant. I was terrified. Now I'm an educated lady from a privileged family. At the time this was all going down, I had already earned my master's in social work, graduated from a prestigious and rigorous coach training program, and had published my first book. I grew up in Avon, a wealthy suburb of Hartford, Connecticut. I had no business finding myself in this ridiculous state of affairs, and yet there I was. I lived in a house I couldn't even afford the property taxes on. My father had loaned me the money to purchase my home with a clear expectation that I'd be paying him monthly. After my divorce, I started getting shaky with the payments. I hadn't paid him in years, which brought me immense shame. Some weeks I had $20 to feed my kids with. Formerly a Whole Foods mama, easily dropping 150 a week for groceries, Aldi's became my best friend because I could stretch that $20 and feed the house. I was working at United Way, running programs for those in poverty while living in poverty. But since I drove an Audi A4 and lived in Avon with a well-off family, it didn't feel right to ask for or receive help. After years of living beyond my means with the help of credit cards, then paying basic needs with credit cards instead of figuring out how to make my finances actually work, I was prioritizing paying off the minimum payments over paying for basic needs. The way Michael and I had lived life, our misunderstanding and abuse of the law of attraction had pushed our finances to the breaking point. Before I go deeper into my story, please know that I'm not throwing Michael under a bus by sharing it. He was in active addiction at that time and has since chosen a sober path. Despite the havoc our relationship caused for my family, I take full responsibility for letting him and his addictive behavior into our lives. I have shared this chapter with him and I have his permission to go public with our shared history. I remember once being on a coaching call with a client. In the middle of the call, my power was shut off. 
I pretended it was a technology glitch, but it wasn't. Here I was a mentor coach trying to model what being a successful coach was in the world, but I didn't have the cash to pay my electric bill. That day, my daughter asked to have a friend over and I had to tell her no, we had no electricity. So this is the state we were in when I found out I was pregnant. I rallied, I figured out what to do. I was going to need an entire community to raise this baby. I wanted to involve Michael, my ex-boyfriend, as he was able. He was ooey-gooey, lovey-dovey over the baby. I was immensely grateful this was his response. He wanted to call her love. Because regardless of what cuckoo life we were living, we both were aligned in living love. We went to the ultrasound at just under 12 weeks. The ultrasound tech was searching for a heartbeat. I think Michael was the first to notice the long silence that fell over the room. He started making jokes about it, how it better not be twins and that we were both too old for that. She said that the baby's heart had stopped beating probably two weeks before. It was heartbreaking. As terrifying as it was to be pregnant, the sadness that filled its place felt immeasurable. Michael was immensely good in that moment, and I am very grateful for his support in the weeks and months thereafter. Later that day, the doctor told me my options were to get a DNC that day, let a miscarriage happen naturally, or take a pill to induce a miscarriage. I chose taking the pill so I had some control over when it was happening. So, why on earth is this the story I'm sharing about success? Just sounds like a bunch of bad, sad stuff. At this time, I'd been a coach for two years and trained volunteer financial coaches for over four years. Oh, the irony. Knowing what to do and doing it are two very different things. I made money as a coach from my private one-on-one -on -one clients and coaching groups, but I spent more money in my business than I brought in. I began the process of leaving what wasn't working behind. This was a process. It involved letting go of relationships, living situations, expenses, jobs that didn't pay what I needed to be making. It involved very hard decisions, including deciding to sell my house and move in with family. A bizarre thing started to happen. Even in the midst of poverty, pain, loss, heartbreak, the universe kept giving me good. I focused on every little thing that was going right and more good flowed in. I could have very easily chosen to focus on the wreckage of my life. I did not. And this, my dear ones, is what I hold to be the key to success. To keep focusing on what is going right and allowing the good to flow right in. The universe will give you as much as you are prepared to receive. I had every reason to give up on my coaching business, but I did not. I'm so deeply grateful to that slightly crazy, deeply passionate Liz that I was and am. Around this time, I got recruited by a company that provides coaching and therapy to clients with mental and physical health challenges. I jumped through the hoops I needed to jump through and began coaching first five, then 20 people on a weekly basis. I got really good at coaching people from vastly different backgrounds from all over the country. Some of these clients then hired me after, and I'm still working with some of them today. 
I also started getting more people reaching out to me because they wanted to hire me to help coach them in writing or shifting into a spiritually healthy and more mindful space. I decided I needed to make a radical shift and move into my grandmother's home, take on more responsibilities for her care, go deep in helping my family and letting them help me. I was used to my freedom and this was an exceptionally hard decision to make. I published my book, Love Notes, Daily Wisdom for the Soul, in February 2020. Love Notes had come to be from when two clients demanded, literally pestered me, when I didn't write my daily emails to them. I sometimes neglected to write my daily emails. I got tired of it. I no longer wanted to write the emails every day, but people said they needed them, and they did not like it when I dropped the ball. After Love Notes was published, I started getting fans. People loved the love. I spent more time with the Ladies Power Lunch crew, wrote The Great Pause, Blessings and Wisdom from COVID-19 with 24 other authors, and boom, suddenly everything shifted. Instead of creating more content, another online course, a 21-day meditation series, you name it, I had created it, based on what I thought the world needed, I listened to what people came to me for and did that. It began to feel like I was in the Celestine prophecy. I kept meeting exactly who I was supposed to be meeting for the next step of growth, the next client, the next income producing project, the next partnership, the next person to hire that would free me up to do more. And I began incorporating my acting training to say yes and Turns out being a theater major can pay off. Whether I knew how to do a thing or not was irrelevant. If the project felt aligned and juicy and fun, I took it on, trusting that I would be connected with whomever I needed to make the thing happen. So following this, I hit my first two $10,000 income months in 2020. I now have a team of six contractors that work for me and we're growing. This is my current season, a season of wealth, abundance, and gratitude. My current season also includes being the primary caregiver of my grandma. In our society, this role is not usually associated with wealth. Having this role has its challenges, but I'm so grateful that we have found a way as a family to keep her home. I'm still in debt, but clearing it out more every day I have a low credit score, but the number is on the rise. I still have to deal with the karma from the way I played life and who I allowed into it. And I have it that at any moment that can all be released because here I am creating all day, literally making money, talking with people about important and interesting things, organizing online summits, getting to work with and make money with and for my friends. And how easy it would have been to say, I'm pregnant and broke and a single mom and I can't afford to live my dreams. Sweetheart, I couldn't have afforded not to. I have to take care of grandma and this giant matriarchal palace. It's a mess. I can't coach clients while there's a pile of stuff to do. Hell yeah, I can. Grandma is a-okay with a little space away from me. My mom can come and help during the day can get help to organize the home and can do a little more to improve it each day. I have two teenagers attending school from home. I can't juggle that with clients and running a publishing company. 
School is their job, not mine. I'm here to check in on them and give them everything they need to succeed, but I am not their teacher. I don't know how to run a publishing company. Honey, you weren't given all those annual report and newsletter design assignments and program design gigs at every nonprofit you've ever worked for for nothing. They were paid training for this. I have severe anxiety and I'm an introvert. I have to take care of myself. I need alone time. I can't control my anxiety. Babe, when you make sure you get your sourcing time, you will rock this. And even if you have anxiety or are on the verge of a panic attack, be uber vulnerable and share this with your client. What about the season you are in makes success feel impossible? Bring it out into the open. Come clean with the universe, your clients, your network, your friends. Find a supportive, loving tribe to share this with. Bring it out into the open, being open to receive support. And your success will come flowing in beyond your wildest dreams because it's there. Abundance is available to you. It's ready for you to drop the reasons it can't come in. Drop the reasons, come clean, get ready to let more good in than you can possibly imagine. To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.